0: Hello, everyone. Welcome into Living Liberty Today. I'm your host, Charlie Earle. This is episode 34. We're calling this one Passion. No, it's not an X-rated. This is a family show. Well, it's not good for all families. Some might get really ticked off by it. But nevertheless, we're going to discuss passion. The other night, I was on a Zoom call with a Few friends from the uh, AFP, and we were discussing some of the things that civil and local journalists might be covering, elements and issues they might be concerned about, and how we can get a at least statewide in Ohio, and perhaps a broader spectrum of bloggers and podcasters involved in citizen journalism to expose and, uh, I guess, illustrate some of the corruption and things going on at the state and local and also and particularly in the federal level. And as we were discussing these various issues, I reminded them that the focus of this podcast is entrepreneurship and individual liberty and that I believe that the only remedy to what may be facing us going forward on the economic level, and I would add to that now the political and governmental level, is an internal sense of liberty that allows you to be and act as if you are free, to move within the parameters and restrictions placed around you, to capitalize on and do the very best you can in a limited field. And so after our call had ended, it took a little more than an hour. After it had ended, and I sat thinking about uh, reflecting upon what we had discussed and what we had talked about, I decided that the very thing that is critical for individual liberty, and I would argue as an extension for state, local, and federal liberty, here in the United States and perhaps globally, is a sense of passion. One has to have passion for liberty in order for one to truly be an advocate and an undenied uh, worker and warrior for individual liberty. If you're using only reason, and let me parenthetically say that I follow a lot of Ann Rand stuff. I've read most of her works. Um, I applaud her approach to individuality and her approach to the economic system in the United States and her absolute abhorrence of government interference and involvement in our daily lives. But I believe she leaves out an element going forward. And a lot of my libertarian friends do as well. And I'm not saying this as a criticism, just as an observation. I think for liberty to prevail, for us to have an open, free life without the unnecessary and, un- how do I put it, unintelligent concerns and restraints by government entities at every level the people have to have a passion for liberty and i'm popping my peas on this microphone as i say that but i think one of the things that is absolutely vital for any movement to succeed is that it must be driven by passion if it's reason alone let me give you an example let's say we let's let's take the whole covid mess that we've been through Unless you're passionate about your ability to move freely, and if you feel you are informed enough to believe that most of the garbage we're fed, uh, that is a qualitative word right there, that most of the information we are fed about the COVID pandemic has been bogus or exaggerated, and you feel compelled to walk around maskless, to go into retail establishments or restaurants or whatever that require masks to challenge them to allow you to go in maskless, to congregate with your friends and family and neighbors and coworkers and so forth without wearing a mask. and I applaud that by the way. I do think a lot of the information we've been fed is contradictory, certainly incomplete, and probably contrary, well absolutely contrary. To our sense of individual liberty, but if you feel compelled to do all that, it takes passion to do it. It takes a willingness to face ostracism, condemnation, uh, being locked out by certain groups and people because you don't conform to the government mandates or social uh, social constraints that are around you. People who are operating solely on reason may say, well, I will wear my mask going into that store because it's more reasonable for me to get the products they have available there than it is for me to uh, argue with or fight or go against the grain on the mask-wearing requirement posted on the front door. Reason only takes you so far because then it becomes a point of, on one hand versus on the other hand. My reason tells me that I can resist up until this point at which level I must comply with what's going on so that I can reasonably achieve some level or some modicum of my internal goal or even an external stated goal. Reason will take us to the point where we will resist to a certain level and then at some point back off and I guess mentally do gymnastics and so forth to come up with what we believe is a reasonable decision and comply with some rules we may internally believe are silly, but our reason tells us we must comply to get along to go along. In fact, I would argue that most people that we disdainfully call moderates, those people who seem to blow with the wind and go whichever way the trend is flowing, are extremely reasonable. That doesn't mean I agree with their reasoning. It doesn't mean I think their reasoning is faultless. What it means is they have in their minds, they have determined that it makes more sense to go that way this time and maybe go the other path the next time. They operate solely from a calculating position of what at this point in time seems most reasonable. And I certainly don't want to demean reasoning. I think there's a point in life where reasoning is important. Uh, when we make certain, for example, financial and economic decisions, you don't want to take an unnecessary risk that might blow the whole thing unless the potential rewards far exceed the risk involved. So reason has a place in the way we function in society. But for, li- for liberty to prevail, for us to have a sense of independence beyond whatever constraints and whatever limits government puts on us, or anybody else for that matter, our social friends or what have you, for us to have a life that exceeds that means that at some point passion has to be the driving force. I'm working with an organization now that is basically instructive on how to take one's passion and channel it to become one's purpose and to do it persistently in other words to stop allowing the mind to totally control how we operate because the mind is constrained by our history our minds are constrained about what we were taught when we were young uh Dr. Travis Fox, who I'm working with on this project, uh, illustrates that by saying when you're three or two to three years old, you're cute and you're funny and everything that goes on is fine. But about the time you become three or four, maybe five, you start hearing the words as a child. Now it's time you started acting like a woman or a man. You started, you were impressed and can." Coerced, perhaps, or convinced to start assuming some adult behaviors, even though as a two and three year old your imagination was running wild, you were doing pretty much what you wanted to do occasionally with with some limitations, but for the most part you were given a free rein to explore yourself and your personality. But as you become older. More fences are built around your behavior, more uh, restrictions on how you can operate and function, and some of those are sensible because it maybe prevents us from breaking a limb when we jump off the second-story roof of a barn, or maybe riding our bicycle crossways into a four-lane highway uh, at rush hour. Yes, there's some reasonability there. But on the other hand, our free spirits are are wandering and wandering, as with an O and with an A, about different things and different activities and how we would experience certain things are tamped, they're restricted, they're compressed, and maybe even to a degree oppressed. Some of the words we hear from childhood on are don't or no, and those have an impact on our minds, on our subconscious, which when we get older and we try to kindle that passion within us, those, they're called guardians in in Dr. Fox's group, the architects of being. Those guardians pop up and say, no, you can't do that. You can't win doing that. You... You will embarrass yourself doing that. People won't like you as much if you do that. Those no's, those don'ts keep coming back basically from our childhood. And so rekindling passion or developing passion or nurturing passion I think is important for liberty to prevail. There are too many reasons to not work for freedom. There are too many reasons not to advance the cause of liberty because it wouldn't be reasonable. It's not reasonable to charge a hill and take a bullet. And so I think at some point we have to focus on instilling the cause for individual liberty and individual freedom in the hearts and souls of people. And that's pretty much going to be my purpose going forward. I understand now, and I I started to really get a sight of this in 2010 when I was running statewide for Secretary of State in Ohio, that the Tea Party group was just in its early stages. They were filled with enthusiasm. They were loaded with spirit. They were going to take on the establishment and beat it down. That was a passionate response. However, the sense of liberty, the sense of freedom was not totally down in the core of passion. They became reasonable. And the Tea Party today does not have the impact of power or the impetus it had some 11 years ago because people have become reasonable. They've dropped out. Maybe they were one-issue people And the the whole idea of individual liberty was sort of a good idea, but not a passionate one. Though they wanted to see this law knocked down or that law taken away or that legislator beaten and defeated, the cause of liberty was not embedded, ingrained in their hearts, minds, and souls. So I guess passion... I think, is the topic of the day, because I think it's something we absolutely need. And I would encourage you to take a few moments of time, of your own time, and just sit down and explore, really, what does your gut and your heart tell you about individual liberty? Is it worth the battle? Is it worth the fight? But whatever you decide, I want to encourage you to stay free and be free. I'm Charlie Earle.